0: As you know, or don't know, especially if you're visiting today, um, we're in a series called Just Be, and um, it's an important series. I'd like to go to the next slide. We're going to be talking about four things. This really is our strategic plan, and this is what we plan to do over the next three to five years. Whether I'm here or not, this is what you and we collectively over the next several months are doing, but this is your plan, this is your roadmap. And I'm confident that you've been asked to fill out a survey that you as the congregation are used to that because this strategic plan was not born in the mind of one individual, but this strategic plan is your plan. You were very much a part of that. And so with that, we over the course of the next three to five years... And this will be put out to you over the course of the next um, several years, but more pointedly, now over the next four weeks, that we begin with Christ, we belong to Christ, we be as Christ, and we become like Christ. Those four things are what we are about. Today we're talking about um, to belong to Christ. I think that if I was to take a microphone out through the crowd and ask what happens at your church, our hope is that down in the future, as last week we talked about prayer, I neglected that, last week we talked about prayer and the importance of prayer, that if I was to go out a few years from now, it would be different than what you're experiencing now because I believe that God is doing something in His church, He's transforming and renewing us and making us into something different than what we're experiencing right now. And if I was to take a microphone out into this crowd, and even further, if I was to go out into this community and ask them the question, what is this church known for? Without without hesitation or without thought, they'd be able to say, that Arlington Woods church, that church is known as a church that prays. They they don't just talk about it. But if I've been in there, I've been in the cafe, and you know what? I mentioned that my wife has cancer. And they didn't say, I'll pray for you. They said, why don't you just come on over here, maybe a little out of the flow here, and can I pray for you right now? This church will be known as something different. It will be known as a, a church that prays. It will be known as a, a prayer movement church. I don't know that we all know, necessarily know what that looks like yet, but we are praying that God will move us in that direction, that we'll be a church of prayer that we don't mind getting down on our knees to pray. We just don't say it, we do it. This thing called prayer isn't just for old retired people, or wrinkled people. But you wouldn't believe they'll say that those little ones pray. And oh, how they know how to pray. They're so forthright and honest when they pray. And the great people of the nations of the world have taught us so much about how to be people of prayer. That when they pray it's almost as if we're standing around heaven itself at the foot of the cross because we hear all every tribe and every nation as they lift up their prayers before god oh how we have learned how to pray from our brothers and sisters who have come to our church from all over the world would that be so does anybody else have a heart like that does anybody I get goosebumps just thinking about that type of a prayer meeting. I'm not making this up. This is what this church, with God's help, is dreaming about. That is your dream. That would be more than just talked about. It would be a reality. That's what you shared with us. And that's what we're fleshing out as your leadership team. But they're a movement of prayer. Today, in our Just Be series, we're talking about belonging to Christ. Christ. And I'm not sure that there's a a pastor on the planet that doesn't want their congregation to know who Christ is and to belong to him and to be everything and to give everything that they have to see the kingdom of God come in our midst. I think every pastor in the world would desire that their their church be more than just a place where people rub shoulders on Sunday. They come and they go and they don't know each other. They just meld into the, the woodwork. I think there's a time when then there needs to be healing, but then there's a time when someone needs to come alongside us and say, you know what? We've been healing and soaking for a lot of years now, and it's time for you to get up, and it's time for you to move on in terms of your spiritual journey. I don't think... Any pastor would desire for their people on a regular basis just to mail it in. I think that God is calling his church now, if we're to be different than we were before COVID, he's calling us to to really bear down, and to really hunker in, and to really draw close to him. And that's going to come through prayer, and it's going to come from us drawing close together in terms of belonging. Belonging. Apostle Paul has a tremendous pastor's heart. The Apostle Paul, as he addresses the congregation of Philippi, his desire is that they'd love one another, that they'd love one another. Paul gives us the incentive or the grounds for, for love or unity. Paul says in verse, chapter 2, verse 1, Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion... Paul is giving us an incentive or grounds for Christian unity. And he does that by giving us four things. The first one is his encouragement. When when, When we become a Christian, we find comfort and encouragement in the Lord. Amen? And we're to share that with others of the body of Christ. This community senses that and knows it. It's almost like the aroma of bacon and popcorn coming from our fellowship hall. There's something about it that draws people to this church. It's about this aroma, this pleasant aroma as followers of Jesus Christ. May you never lose that. And may God double down in your hearts this sense of being people of encouragement. The word means coming alongside one, alongside someone to give assistance by encouragement. It's encouragement in Christ. It's not you just encouraging just, you know, just to give somebody, you know, it's time for you to kind of pull yourself up from the, from, with your bootstraps. It is saying, God can make a difference in your life, and I'm here to encourage you to move along in faith in him. The moment you're born again, which means to, to, you're given new life, you repent, you trust Jesus, you're born again. And when you're saved, this happens to you without you even asking for it, aware of it, conscious of it, seeking it. God himself comes and endows you with his presence. You are are placed in Christ, and in Christ we together have unity. This word encouragement is, is demonstrated by Barnabas in the book of Acts. He was actually called the son of encouragement. Everybody he was around, everybody he was with, he encouraged them. Maybe you know people like that. Maybe you're a person like that. That's God's call upon our life, to be men and women of encouragement. If you've given your life to Christ, then we are all called to do that, to be people of encouragement. So the question that I have for you is, do I seek to encourage other believers in their relationship with Christ? When was the last time you did that? It does mean that you have to get up out of your seat and go to someone else. It, it does mean that. It, it does mean, it, it does mean that when we have our dinners together, and we we break bread together in the fellowship hall, like we did last week. It means that instead of sitting with the people that you normally sit with, because that's the way we've always done it. It means that you have to get out of your comfort go- zone and go and sit with somebody you may not know. That's what it means. Now, I know, for me, this is easy. I'm an extrovert. I like to, I'm just like a bee with pollen. I just like to go around just to buzz in and buzz out and just say hello. And I like deep relationships, too. But I'm okay with that. Some of, some of us, on the other hand, are maybe a little bit more reserved. You just, you know, leave that to somebody else. I'm saying, church, that if we want to be the church that God is calling us to, where people feel that they belong, you and I are going to have to help them to feel like they belong. So do I seek to encourage other believers in their relationship with Christ? Second, is this um, as as Paul gives us directive is comfort. Verse 1 you have any encouragement from being unified with Christ, and there is, if any comfort from his love, so we have encouragement in Christ and we have comfort in Christ. There's comfort in knowing that God loves us. Paul says comfort from his love. It's important to know that you're comforted by his love. But you know, you don't just keep that. It's a contradiction to say that I'm a follower of Jesus. I'm a Christian, but I'm not kind of, I'm not the loving kind. Just leave leave that for Pastor Mike over there. He's a bit of a social butterfly and just let Just let him love on people. I'm just going to be just quite okay over here. Just kind of pull him back. He says, I love God, but I hate people. (laughs) Hey? John says, how can we say that we love God we have never seen and not love our brother or sister who we have seen? It's a contradiction. For children of God, we have his characteristics. And those things flow through our body. Those those things flow through our veins. And that's what he calls us to, to. Be people of love. And of comfort. He brings comfort to us and we're to comfort others. It's giving back to others the love that God has shown us. So ask yourself a second question. Do I seek to love my brother and my sisters? That doesn't mean that you'll always like everybody. There's some people in this world, believe it or not, that I don't like. But I'm still called to love them. There's some people that I am at at cross purposes with how they run their life. I go, man, you know what? If, If I... If I was you, I wouldn't do that. But you are you, and I still love you. Third thing, fellowship. We have communion or fellowship, and this is the, this is in the spirit. Fellowship is used in the New Testament means um, joint participation. This isn't a human invention. This is this is God through Jesus through the Apostle Paul who's saying that we ought to be in fellowship with one another. I think since COVID, we are much less available to have other people in our homes. And for some of us, our house has got to be spotless. So it's a long time before we're ever spotless to invite anybody in. It's okay. It's important for you to open up your home, warts and all, and just spend some time together. Third one is fellowship. The fourth one is compassion. We have encouragement. We have fellowship with the Spirit. God wants us to be like Him, so we should be merciful or kind and compassionate towards others. It means you don't go around with a critical fault-finding fault-finding attitude or judgmental of other people, that you show a little bit of mercy, that you, that you care for somebody. When God shows mercy to you, He shows mercy to others. When He shows it to you, He shows mercy to others through you. The rest of that passage of Scripture Philippians chapter 2 verses uh, 2 to 4 then make my joy complete by being like-minded having the same love being one in spirit and one in mind do nothing at a selfish ambition or vain conceit rather in humility value others more above yourselves not looking to your own interests but each of you to the interests of others verse 2 says oneness make my joy complete by being like-minded like-minded means uh, keep on thinking the same things he's not talking about uniformity but he's talking about an attitude and outlook. It doesn't mean that we believe the same in every doctrinal issue, but it means that we have the same attitude and the outlook of life as other believers. We want to stand on the truth, and the essentials of Christianity must never be compromised, but let's not be divided over the non essentials or secondary issues. Too often in the life of the church, We're shooting each other. When the enemy is out there, the devil, that's where we need to be going. As Christians, we should be able to get along because you love God and I love God. One of the neat things about coming to church and in fellowship is that you get to be with people who love God. Hopefully, we're a bunch of God lovers because when you leave this place, There's a little bit more hostility out in the world. We should have the same love for our neighbors. We show our love by being like-minded of one mind, its body, soul, and spirit loving others. Second one is lowliness. Verse two, do nothing in a selfish ambition or conceit. Those things hinder unity. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself. Or selfish ambition and conceit. One of these cannot be, can, cannot be achieved without lowliness and humility. In a way, you've almost got to take yourself out of the equation and put Christ in there. This really goes for all relationships. We have, if we have lowliness and humility, we will experience oneness. Two things that cause disunity, the sense of not belonging is the, neg- the negatives, which is their selfish ambition and vain conceit. It speaks of a com- competitive spirit. Remember those two attitudes for unity, humility and lowliness of mind. Jesus said, if any man come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. So it's almost in a way, when you come to the foot of the cross, you, you look around yourself and there's some things that you, you're going to leave at the foot of the cross. This whole sense of, being full of yourself. It's important for us to leave that there. The work of the Holy Spirit is selfless. Less of me, less of me. That's what I want, is less of me. Verse three says, value others above ourselves. It's not self-esteem. We do not love ourselves but we need to love others as we love ourselves. It's important for us to have love for ourselves, yes, but not at the cost of others. We shouldn't hate ourselves and put ourselves down, but we shouldn't think about or live for ourselves. In a couple weeks, we're going to start talking about generosity. And I'll just preface that by saying generosity makes no sense whatsoever. Absolutely no sense. To give away... So there may be joy in our heart. It makes no sense. Just come and try to figure it out, and I'm going to try to figure it out with you. It's in a couple weeks. Selfless, being one like him. Paul says, don't only look out for your own personal interests, secondly, but also the, for the interests and the needs of concerns of others. If you want to have a miserable life, put yourself first. It's true. I don't know that you follow... Some of the actors, you listen to them and they, they they've have lots of money, lots of houses, lots of cars. They say time and time again that all of those things have meant nothing to them at this stage of their life. That they feel so empty. It's important for us to recognize that we need to put Christ first. If you want to have a happy life, a blessed life, then put Christ first and live for him. Put Jesus first, others second, and you last. Realize that God has been merciful, God has been gracious, God has been kind, God has been forgiving. How could we not be that way to others? So how do we plan to accomplish this over the course of the next three to five years? Here's our plan. Here's your plan. Here's a plan. I have a plan. You have a plan. God has a plan. Number one. we have that slide? Number one. All right. Number one, we are intentional about fostering meaningful relationships as we serve one another with the love of Christ, celebrating our rich diversity while being unified in the common hope of our salvation and individual faith journeys. We're going to build, over the course of the next three to five years, we're going to be working together to build intentionally these important relationships. Second thing is, is that we at Arlington Woods, it would be a place where people are using their spiritual gifts to build up the body of Christ. You say, how are we going to know that? Well, there'll be courses that will help teach us that. That would be base three in our series, Discovery Classes, base three. We're going to talk about that. Every person who calls Arlington Woods home would be part of a small group. Arlington Woods will grow bigger and smaller at the same time. If you want to know and be known, this group here is way too large for you. You need a group where you can actually be known, and that's a small group. You can only get to know up to about 45, 48 people, kind of get to know them, know them more on a a first name basis. After that, it all becomes a blur. This morning, there's probably about 200 people here, here and upstairs with your kids. So grow larger and smaller at the same time. Every person who calls Arlington Woods Church their home will be part of the small group. Fourth, Arlington Woods engages our online community from being passive to active participants and spreading the gospel of the message. You know what? We're trying to figure that one out. We're trying to figure out some of you folks that are joining us from Texas, some of you are joining us from Norway, some of you folks are joining us from all parts of the world. How do we bring you into relationship with Christ for wherever you are to turn you loose for Christ? We're trying to figure that out. It's an online crowd. Put your chat in there and tell us. We'd be happy to hear you. Number five, we'll provide our services in several languages. God is bringing, as you know, from, na- from nations around the world, he's bringing them to Arlington Woods and to many churches. I'm hearing this in, in many church cycles or circles where, where the church is growing. The sixth one is Arlington Woods will be led by more people from ethnically and, demo- and demographically diverse backgrounds. We're seeing that, and we are promoting that, and we're working towards that. They're not just people that sit in the pew, but they're actually making the decisions. For the life of the church moving forward. Do you want to be part of that? I think I scared them. <laughs> Did I scare you? I want to leave you something. I was thinking about this this morning. Over the course of the last year, we've had a family that's been with us. They, they've been here from um, Ukraine. Mom, son, and daughter. Some of us may or may not know, but next week, most likely, I think, if I have everything correct, the daughter will be leaving our church, be leaving our city, be leaving Canada, and she's moving on to take a job somewhere else. I'm not sure whether I should ask for a show of hands or not. How many of you would know Olga? Olga. How many of us have walked across the room to have a conversation with Olga? See, when, when this becomes practical, it's going to sting. See, moving forward, it's going to be a place that's different than what you see right now. I think if you were to ask the people, the average person out on the street about Arlington Woods, they'd say, oh, that's a a very friendly church. I get from new people that come here and, and you stay. I get from you, you say, you know what, Arlington Woods is a very friendly church. But I think that God wants to do something deeper and more meaningful in us than what we're experiencing right now. I didn't know how to say it. So take it from your papa this morning. That I've, As I've looked out in the foyer, if you're visiting today from other churches, I've looked out in the foyer and, and I, I have seen you walk by those individuals that no one's talking to. And they may be just as timid as you are to speak. I know this that the world out there is not going to be able to tell us about Jesus and we need to start to become just a little bit more courageous in our own house before we start to go into a world that it does not know Jesus and we are traveling at light speed further and further away from Jesus and the practice of being followers of Jesus and belonging and being part of Christ begins in our house. So please take it from your papa this morning of one who loves you, loves this church, loves where it's headed, and find ways and pray that God would direct us to be those people that walk across the room and make a difference in someone's life. Father, We pray that you would help us as your church to be that loving and caring community. Thank you for the ways, and in no way, just in what I said, in no way do I want to diminish how you have placed a love and a courageous spirit in the hearts and the minds of this church. And in so many ways, we see you helping us to act that out in helping to love and encourage others. But Lord, I do believe that we need to be encouraged this morning. May it not be a scolding, but may it be an encouragement this morning for us to be just a little bit more eager to step across the room. Not leave that to somebody else. We take ownership this morning, Father, for what you call us to be in humility and lowliness to walk across the room in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. We love you today. Amen.